Good morning, everyone. How you guys doing? It's me, your boy Ryan Flowers, aka Clutch Sports Talk, and I'm back in the house again with another episode today of NFL Sunday Wake Up, man. We have lots to get into. Of course, as usual, a lot of breaking news happened between last week when the show ended and this week. We're going to talk about the Washington Commanders. Finally, the sale has been approved. Josh Harris, Magic Johnson will be part of the ownership group in Washington. So I want to give you guys my thoughts on that. Also, DeAndre Hopkins surprised a lot of people by signing with the Tennessee Titans. At first, I was shocked. But then as I dove into a little bit, I kind of figured out, you know what? It kind of makes sense. So I'll, I'll let you know what I think about that. And then also the depreciation of NFL running backs. This story has just swept social media uh, within the last week, especially with, you know, Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs being very vocal on their standpoint about their, their financial situation with their teams. But why is that the NFL running back is not valued as much as it once was before? I'll give you guys my thoughts on that. And finally, to wrap up the show, we'll be talking about the AFC South. My AFC South preview, man, um, you don't want to miss out. So, hey, listen, it's early in the morning. Grab your coffee, your orange juice, whatever that you're sipping on. Make sure you get that handy strap in, and this is going to be a great show. So sit back and relax and enjoy the show. This is Clutch Sports Talk, and every Sunday, wake up with me, Ryan Flowers. Let's go. Good morning once again, everyone. Happy Sunday. It's another wonderful day. Listen, we are about, about 50 or less than 50 days away now from the NFL season starting. Training camps are, I'm almost saying full swing, but a lot of teams are starting training camp. Um, if they haven't started this past week, they're moving next week. A lot of teams will be starting up. Um, I mean, so we're almost there, man. We have a couple of preseason games coming up here in August. But September 7th can't get here quick enough, and I'm glad because it's going to be a great season. And for those of you who, if it's your first time watching, man, welcome. Uh, make sure you like, share, and comment, man. I appreciate that. And then you're in here, just you know, drop a line, too. Let me know what's going on with you guys today. But again, we have a wonderful show. But before we get the show started, make sure if you haven't subscribed to my uh, some social media platforms, make sure you do so. I'd appreciate that. And also check me out on the Grid Network where we have another cast of uh social media content creators or content creators there in general um from basketball uh we have a couple of variety shows um you know we got it so just make sure you head on there right now if you haven't subscribed to the grid network as well so okay again good morning um first things first listen we uh <laughs> you know this is a long time coming for washington commander fans for sure uh daniel snyder is out He's gone. Um, Josh Harris, Magic Johnson, they're taking over. Uh, it's been a tumultuous, uh, and that's and that's being very generous, um, very generous statement. But it's it's been it's been a long time coming. Um, you know, finally the NFL owners decided uh, in unanimous unanimous fashion the sale of the Washington Commanders for, for over what six billion six point five billion dollars, if, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and Daniel Snyder is gone. He's out now. This is where, and, and before I even get into Matt Johnson, because this is what this segment is really about, let's just take a dive back. Let's get in our time machine and look at what Daniel Snyder has done since owning the team since 1999. You know, 27 quarterbacks have played for the Washington Commanders, six playoff appearances, um, and their overall record is 166 wins, 266 losses, and two draws or two ties. Um, then you also got to sprinkle in the controversial name change scenario that he was very adamant about 
uh, when the Native Americans community kind of came after him a little bit, you know, how he was kind of a little uh, disobedient with that. And he finally, you know, changed his mind, whatever, whatever. And then the sexual misconduct, mis excuse me, misconduct stuff happening in the workplace there. So it, it really, <laughs> it really was not a success. Maybe he made some money. Right. Because the, let's be real. When he took over the Washington Redskins in 1999, they were one of the most prominent NFL teams in the league. He took them and turned them into a uh, bargain basement type of dwelling team. Uh, so but he still made money because the brand itself is strong enough to do so. Uh, and now they don't really have a brand. Uh, they're the commander with the Washington football team. Now they're the commanders. And who knows, that might be subject to change here shortly with this new ownership group. Now, let's take a look at Magic Johnson. And, and you know, because this be real. Josh Harris is the, he's the majority of the money behind it. I understand that. He's a billionaire. He owns what the, the 76ers and I think the Flyers or something like that. Um, but Magic Johnson is the face. He's the guy that we want to see that everyone is clamoring to get interviews of. Um, and Magic Johnson is no stranger to professional sports. He's had his hands in a couple teams, especially in L.A., my hometown. Um, you know, he had deals with the Dodgers, the, the Sparks, uh, more recently the MLS soccer team, LAFC, who recently just won the MLS Cup last season. Um, so and everywhere he's been or had a hand in, those teams have won a championship in their respective leagues. Now, I'm not saying that he's going to come in and now the Washington team is going to be Super Bowl contenders, but he does have a pretty, pretty good track record in regards to coming in and turning things around. Um, so, and, 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 and not even just from a sports business aspect, you know, growing, I'm, again, I'm originally from LA, uh, grew up in LA. I live now in Vegas now, but I, I remember when, when magic started kind of taking over or kind of segueing into his next career opportunity as a businessman uh, in several areas in the South central area of Los Angeles, where I grew up at, he has taken a lot of neighborhoods and revitalized them, bringing in more commerce to those neighborhoods, places where you think Starbucks wouldn't even appear. Now they appear somewhere on Crenshaw Boulevard, where in the past that was not the case. Um, now the homies are drinking lattes instead of 40s. So, you know, whatever, that's something different. But let's just be real. Magic Johnson definitely has the acumen of a businessman, of a sound-minded businessman. And him being involved with this with this group ownership group taking over the commanders is very significant uh, outside of the other guys. I don't even know Josh Harris, don't know anything about him per se. But I know Magic Johnson and anything that he does touch, it turns, it's it's magic. I mean, literally, it, it, it turns into gold. Now, as a Cowboys fan, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm, I don't wish the Commanders win anything, obviously. Um, but listen, it, it's a good thing for their fan base. Because um, Daniel Snyder was just there collecting checks at the end of the day. He was one of the worst owners probably in sports history. Uh, you put him up there with like Jeff Dolan, uh, Ronald Sterling. Um, back when he owned the Clippers, you know, these guys are, they, 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 they don't care about the team per se. They're there to make the money. And I get it. You know, you own teams to make money. Um, so, and something that I found significant in one of his interviews that he mentioned magic Johnson, I'm referring to, uh, he said, this is one of the greatest, this is the greatest accomplishment he's had in his life. And he, I mean, think, think about that. This man has won NBA championships in LA, a gold medal, right? This guy beat HIV, okay? And he's saying owning the commanders is the greatest accomplishment in his life. Let's let's settle down with that a little bit, Magic. But I get it. He's excited. He's a part of the NFL. 
which is a, a very tough club to crack. So congratulations to him um, and, and the Washington Commanders. And hopefully they do change that name because that name, uh, I don't know, it just, uh, uh, just, just change it. Just change it. That's all I got to say. So, you know, but congratulations to them. And, and I think this is the right move for them. And moving forward, they should probably, you know, see the fruits of this particular deal. So let's get into some comments here before we move on. We got Patrick Brown. He says, good morning, bro. Happy and blessed Sunday to you. My favorite NFL show from my fellow grid teammate. Appreciate you, bro. Uh, let's talk sports with Richard Cole. Good morning. My guy, man, blessed to see you on here this morning. Um, he says, I hope the commanders change their name. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one. Uh, we also got Patrick again. He says, I believe Washington is in the pro. It's a process that's going to take time, which rightfully so. I understand that. As Cowboys fans, I'm not too worried about them competing in the Super Bowl three to four years. We'll see. I, I am, man. man. I, I ain't gonna lie. I'm not going to say that they're going to win the Super Bowl this year. But again, you look, go and look at Magic Johnson's track record, man. He he knows how to find the the right sports business talent he gets them in the building and they start doing their thing man you know you look the dodgers the sparks you know the, the lafc team all these teams won championships relatively significantly quick when he got on board like like that or when he was a part of it okay even the lakers i know he wasn't part of the ownership group there but he, you know, him dealing with LeBron, getting LeBron to come to L.A., and then within, what, three years out of that thing, they won a championship. Whether it's a bubble or not, championship, it's besides the point, they still were sick. They, they, they won the title. So I don't know, man. <laughs> We're going to be on the lookout for that. Uh, Sports PSP says, great day for the Commander fans and, and the NFL. Time to move on. Exactly. You couldn't say better myself, my guy. Uh, Richard Cole says, Washington will not win the bowl for at least four years. I mean, that's, that's, I'm not going to say that's not, um, that that's, that's not right. No, you know, but I wouldn't be surprised if they were not in contention. Cause if you, if you really, let's just break them down real quick before I move on the dichotomy of the commanders and what they have there. Their biggest issue is the quarterback. They don't really have a guy right per se. Um, that's their dude. I mean, Sam Howell, I mean, do we, re do, do we all agree that he probably isn't the dude? Okay. All right. If we could all agree to that, we can move on, right? There, they have to go out and get a quarterback, whether it's in this year's draft. Maybe you, you know, you tank a little bit. Maybe you go get Caleb Williams, Drake May. Hmm. You keep bolstering that offensive line, but their defensive unit, you know, the defensive line is is is, is they're studs. Okay. Uh, the wide receiving core is not bad. You know, it's a it's a pretty pretty good wide receiving core. It's, you know, led by Terry McLaren, uh, McLaren. You know. And that fan base is ready to cheer for something, man. So, you know, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. I mean, yeah, it's going to be an uphill fight, but I think they got the right people. Because, listen, what we see on the field is is just a, a, a drop in the bucket of what takes place off the field. Anything in business, in life, there's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that we never get to see. But with a guy like Magic in there turning – turning the wheels churning burning the midnight oil per se right the cliche they can get stuff done there uh and and we'll have to wait and see within the next year or two where they're at all right okay all right moving on uh deandre hopkins 
for those who don't know, if you don't keep up with the with the times here, he signed a two-year deal worth $26 million with the Tennessee Titans. Now, when that news came out, I think a lot of us were like, what? Like, what's what's going on, man? Like, why, why the Titans, you know, for weeks, for months, everyone's like, oh, you should go to Baltimore. Oh, oh he's going to go to the Chiefs or he's going to go to Buffalo, right? He didn't pick none of them teams. He went to the Tennessee Titans. And at first, I kind of was like, ugh. He just wants the money, man. And, and I get it, rightfully so. You know, he's 31 years old. You know, go take the money. I understand that. Whatever, right? They're going to give it to you. Take it, right? Um, But he's 31 years old. He's played about 15 games in the last two seasons, whether it's due to injury. I know he had a hamstring injury at one point, an MCL, and then he was suspended at what, about eight games last year for PEDs. Okay, so he's played about 15 games in the last, what, two years, right? Um, So he joins the Titans, and then I was like, well, Let's 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 take a deeper dive, right? Because not everything is is what it seems all the time. Sometimes you got to go in a little bit more and see exactly, you know, the workings behind some of these deals. So when I looked into it, and I was like, you know what? It makes kind of sense. Mike Vrabel, head coach there, right? He was once an assistant coach in Houston when DeAndre Hopkins was there. Okay, so you got already some comfort with the head coach. Then I was like, let me go back another layer. Tim Kelly, offensive coordinator for the Titans. Guess where he knows DeAndre Hopkins from? You guessed it, the Houston Texans. Not only does he know him, uh, DeAndre Hopkins had one of his best seasons under Tim Kelly's offense when Kelly was the offensive coordinator. Uh, he caught over 100, 100 passes, over 11 hard, oh, excuse me, 1,100 yards and receiving and seven touchdowns during Tim Kelly's reign as the offensive coordinator uh, for the Houston Texans. Now, they've all moved on. Rabel's a head coach. Tim Kelly's the offensive coordinator now in, in, in Tennessee. And so, you know what? He said, you know what? Why not? I'll, I'll come over there, man. You guys got to pay me now two years, $26 million. You're like, eh, that's not really a lot, I guess, for some people. But he's, he can make up to but up to $3 million in incentives, incentives and bonuses. Um, so at first glance, you're like, on paper, you got – Derrick Henry, who's who's still a bludgeoning type of running back, he's still now he's lost some juice a little bit, but now maybe he can get helped out with with a with a passing game because the passing game for the Titans was pretty much it was non-existent. You know, um, you let go AJ Brown, you went from being like twelfth in offensive ratings to about twenty second, twenty third in the league because AJ Brown's gone. You know, they relied heavily on a rookie trail on Burks who really hasn't panned out yet, uh, and maybe now he. He, he might, you know, he, under the tutelage of DeAndre Hopkins there being there. Um, but the question remains is that is who's going to be throwing him the ball? You know, Ryan Tannehill is still the, the guy there, but obviously they drafted Will Levis, and I'm pretty sure Will Levis is going to see some, some, some time there. Of course, you know, so Will Levis, will he be the guy to help deliver the ball? Now, one thing about DeAndre Hopkins is that we know he does not need to play with an elite quarterback. We know that for a fact, you know, he, all his years uh, in Houston, he played with Matt Schaub. The, probably the best quarterback he's ever played with is Deshaun Watson, for sure, for sure. Um, so Ryan Tannehill, he, he, he had he resurrected his career going to Tennessee. And so but I think he's he's past his prime for sure. So Will Levis is probably be the guy at some point firing those the, the passes to uh DeAndre Hopkins. So, but we'll have to wait and see about that. And, you know, one big note that does come up when you talk about the Tennessee Titans is that it's been a place for really good wide receivers at one point to go and kind of unfortunately die, right? We look back as early as Julio Jones, 
didn't pan out. Robert Woods didn't pan out. And then you go further back, Randy Moss did not pan out. Randy Moss played, what, a year, if that, right there? And he was gone. So is will DeAndre have that same fate? Here's the thing. Here's the brass tacks about it, right? And I'm not going to mix my words about it. He's 31 years old. I know that, you know, that's relatively, I'm not saying it's old, but it's it, it's older for a professional athlete. And he's had some some injuries, right? And as you get older, and I can attest to this, you don't bounce back like you did when you was 25 years old. That's just a fact. That's just, that's just biology, okay? Um, that, that's just common sense. So he's going to be the guy there. Can he play a full season, which we haven't seen him do since probably, I don't even know, uh, and you can fact check me, maybe 2019, 2018, maybe, maybe. I don't even know, right? Because he's missed a lot of time. Will he suffer the same fate as those other you know, prominent wide receivers? And maybe not as bad as those other guys, but he's definitely on the tail end of his career for sure. Um, and, and some may say this was a money grab. Maybe some of it to, to a certain extent because there, there was a market for him. The Cardinals couldn't find a trading partner, right, because of the demand, right? No one wanted to take on this contract, okay? Then he becomes a free agent. We don't know what he was really asking for. You think the Chiefs are going to pay him that type of money? You think the Bills, the Ravens? Probably not because they have other financial responsibilities that they got tied up to other guys. It's not People think it's so simple. Well, just go here. He he doesn't want to take a significant pay cut. He has a certain lifestyle, okay? Now, oh, he doesn't want to win. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he does. Who, who knows, right? He In his mind, he's like, you know what, man? At the end of the day, I'm 31 years old. I just need to financially secure myself, get whatever bag that's left out there for me. And maybe he, you know, this is like a prove it contract. He stays there for two years, balls out. Maybe somebody might say, you know what, man, maybe we'll give you a bigger deal. He'll be 33 at the time, but who knows? There's always somebody out there. So we'll have to wait and see. Uh, <clears throat> we got some questions here. Um, well, actually, let's go. We'll start with Patrick. This is in regards to the, uh, the commander. He said, first order business upgrade the stadium. Uh, to me, that's not that big of an issue um, because the stadium don't win games. Now, the stadium may generate money. I'll give you that. Uh, but they got bigger fish to fry. They, they got to fix the product on the field, not where the product plays at. So not not, not to say that that field is great. It, it's it's terrible. But um, they got bigger fish to fry. Uh, and then he, uh, Richard Cole says Eric Bannon becomes the new coach. Oh, yeah, he's going to be the guy. He's going to be guy. Ron Rivera, this is it for him. He might as well just start looking uh, elsewhere to, to possibly retire or coach because this is it for him. And then Ben Cornett comes in and says, a question for the Titans, who will be, who basically will be playing quarterback, Tannehill or Will Levis? Tannehill will start. In, in, in my knowledge of watching football for years on end, and I got over, what, 25 years of watching NFL games, probably longer than that because I'm about to be 40. Um they like to go with the veteran guy first. Now, unless unless Will Levis is in there just killing it in the offseason stuff or in OTAs or here training camp here coming up shortly, then then no. Then Tannehill will probably get the start. Okay. And then he probably well, he'll have a short leash though for sure. Um, we'll see. And then Richard Cole says, unfortunately, they still need a quarterback. Yeah, they do. They do. But like I said before, D Hop can play with any quarterback. That's the good thing about him. Okay. Uh, 
D hop to Tennessee makes zero sense. New England is the biggest loser in the D hop. So it's say, you know, I, Listen, a lot of people wanted him to go to New England. Honestly, I think this might be a better fit, per se, um, because Mac Jones is not much better than than Ryan Tannehill. And he has no familiarity with any with, with, with Bill Belichick like that. You know, he's coming home to the AFC South. He's from that area, not from that area, but he's played there for, for a significant amount of time. The Patriots thing, listen, the Patriots have no offense like literally they haven't generated or developed any type of offensive talent whatsoever at least in tennessee they can hand the ball off to derrick henry um they can still run the football they're they're a well-coached team now they may not be exciting to watch but from a, a strategic schematical type of uh, point of view they're a well-coached team mike rabel has done a tremendous job in tennessee given what he's had to work with I mean, these guys were in an AFC camp, conference championship game not that long ago, right? You know, so now are they going to be contenders? No, no. So I think Tennessee is probably a better fit than New England because listen, New England they're not gonna they're not winning that division. They're not going to beat out the Bills. They're not going to beat out the Jets, and they're not going to beat out the Dolphins. Now I don't think New England is that terrible, but to me, if I had to pick between the two, now looking into it. Maybe Tennessee was probably the better fit. Now, how will it work out? That's a totally separate conversation. Okay. Um, he says, uh, Richard Cole says, D-Hop is a possession receiver and no longer a dominant threat. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I don't think he he's, he's still good, but he's kind of like that old man using that YMCA game, right? Like, you know, if, if you guys ever play pickup game against older men, like they're not going to run you out the gym. They're going to back you down. They're going to use all the the you know the the pete maravich type tips or tricks uh the the, the havlicek steals the ball drill something like that that's what they're gonna do right um but he he i think he can still be functional there in tennessee um richard cole backs it up and says uh will levis look horrible on tas yeah that's what i've heard that's what i've heard so you we'll see we'll see uh my thoughts my opinion sports podcast dev what's up he's in the building hey check out his uh his uh at the bank he's a ravens fan so don't 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 judge him too much don't and, and hey you know what Dale, i'm gonna have to get you on probably next week man i'm, I'm, I'm gonna get with you because we can talk about the nfc afc uh north i want to get your thoughts on that division uh as well as the uh the baltimore ravens because you know my sentiments about your ravens so uh but appreciate you stopping by uh ben says could the could the pages possibly tank perhaps and get into the caleb williams drake may drake may sweepstakes Mm. Okay, L let me. The, the, the and I, this is not on today's show, but we're out here spitballing. The Patriots dichotomy, the situation is kind is actually quite interesting, right? Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft, there's some type of tension between those two. There's 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 been tension there for quite some time. Obviously, Robert Kraft loves Tom Brady. He wished Tom Brady was his son. Yada yada yada. Belichick is like, eh, he's always get him out here, and look what happened. Brady moves on to Tampa Bay, wins the Super Bowl. Belichick is struggling, trying to make the playoffs each year, and it hasn't looked really good. And so, how long do Robert does Robert Kraft hang on to Bill Belichick? Obviously, he's won Super Bowl, so he's deserved the right to be there a couple of years. Will they tank? That's the question. I, I don't think it's uh, it's not in Bill Belichick's mindset to tank. Some guys look. I I know people in sports won't come out and say we're tanking, right? But I don't think it's in his character to take like that. 
to be honest with you. Now, they do need a quarterback, but I don't think they're going to tank to get those two guys, unfortunately. Um, because at the end of the day, the Patriots are not a bad team. They're just not a, a championship contending team. That defense is going to be good. It usually is. They just don't have an offense. And then you got you sign like guys like Juju Smith-Schuster. Like, like to me, that, that, that was probably the most like blah type of signing that you could have. So, nah, anyway. But yeah, uh, we'll we'll keep it rolling there. Uh, but D Hop going to the Tennessee Titans, it, you know, it, it kind of makes a little bit of sense, um, you know, to uh, when you look at it. So most people, if you don't understand, you know, relationships relationships are a big part of life, man. It's not always sometimes the money. Sometimes guys are are willing to maybe go somewhere else just because they know somebody. In this case, he knows the offensive coordinator very well. And he knows the head coach pretty damn good, too. All right. Okay. The big story over the last week or so, running backs. The depreciation in their value. Now, I can't blame the running backs for feeling how they feel. You get drafted. You ball out. Teams run you into the ground. We, we've seen that plenty of times over the years. Um, and you expect to get paid when, you know, when the time comes up. Uh and now teams are looking at it a little bit more and they're practicing a little bit of financial restraint when it comes to NFL running backs and free agency. Now, the two big names out there, uh, Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley, and Tony Pollard, who they were, all three of those were franchise tagged. None of them received deals. <clears throat> okay. They're all going to play under the tag or maybe not play because Saquon might uh, sit out. Josh Jacobs is very adamant about being out in the media talking about his his uh his feelings about it. Tony Pollard's been pretty quiet for the most part. Uh, I think he knows he's going to get taken care of in, in some form of capacity. Now, but when you look at the running back as a whole, right? And this, this, let's just look at this offseason right now with some of the decent running backs. Miles Sanders, uh, formerly of the Eagles, now signed with the Carolina Panthers. This guy, he rushed for what I believe it was. Let me think. <clears throat> like 1,200 yards, if I'm not mistaken, and 11 touchdowns. And he was fifth in rushing yards and eighth in, in touchdowns. You would think that's a pretty good season, right? This guy should get paid. Well, think again. Philly didn't want to pay him, so he moved down to Carolina. And he's basically going to be making about $6.3 million a year. $6.3 million. And Saquon's out here asking anywhere between $13 and $16 million. And Miles Sanders, who's respectively had a pretty good season, is only he only got six. <laughs> So there's like a six, seven million dollar difference, right? Um, the next guy that got a pretty somewhat deal, uh, David Montgomery. Um, you know, we he was on the Bears, now he signed with the Lions. Uh, he signed three years, 18 million dollars. He's roughly gonna be making about another again, six million dollars a year. A year. So I, I no, and by no means of the imaginary or imagination. Is David Montgomery, Saquon Barkley, or Josh Jacobs? I get that. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this is the market for running backs. Guys, these guys are not going to be getting paid that much money. Okay. Now, they're only about, <clears throat> I want I, I want, I, I want to say the numbers for running backs making $12 million or more has significantly decreased. Okay. Case in point, three guys that we all are household names, especially on my team. Zeke Elliott, 
That dude was making about, what, uh, where's the stat? I don't even know where I had the stat at. I wrote it down somewhere. This guy was making $15 million a year. He's not even on the roster anymore. He's gone, <laughs> right? Uh, Aaron Jones, Green Bay Packers, he took a pay cut. He was making $16 million. He's now going to probably be making about $11 million a year, bro, okay? Um, and then recently, Dalvin Cook released a guy who was in his prime. And now injury plagued a little bit, but still, you know, these guys, the teams are not going to be held hostage, right? And this is an obstacle for these team for for these running backs and guys like Saquon Barkley and, and Josh Jacobs, who I'll talk about here in just a second. These are the things that they're going to have to just learn to deal with. And unfortunately, it's unfortunate because I get it. I can see where they're coming from, right? Like I stated before at the top of this um, segment. They get the ball a lot, man. These guys are getting heavy touches, and then when it's time to to pay up, teams are like, "Now nah, we good, we good." And why is that? We have examples. Case in point, again, Alvin Kamara, 2017 Rookie of the Year, third round draft pick, third round. Okay, last season, Isaiah Pacheco comes in, becomes the primary ball carrier for the Kansas City Chiefs, and end up winning a Super Bowl. And he was a vital piece of that team, seventh round draft pick, and it sucks for him because. Because of where he's drafted, he may never get paid, right? He'll produce. He'll be a good teammate. He'll do a lot of good things in Kansas City, but he probably won't even get paid because he's a seventh-round draft pick, right? So, listen, uh, there's this old Western song. Again, I'm telling my age here, but it goes, mamas, don't let your little boys grow up to be cowboys. Well, moms and dads, don't let your boys grow up to be running backs because they won't get paid. Simple as that. So <laughs> um, <clears throat> the, the one outlier out of all this, and I've heard this argument, is that, well, Christian McCaffrey got paid, and he did. And, and it was a very surprising contract because the the Panthers paid him coming off an of an injury, right? Uh, and, and I forgot his deal, but he, he got paid a lot of money himself. I think he was paying being paid like close to, hold on, let me see here. 16 million dollars yeah back in 2020 so that's not even far removed and guess where he's at he's not even in carolina anymore so outside of that contract which was a pretty irresponsible contract if, if i might say so myself from the carolina panthers like but i get it but his correlation is really close to saquon barkley because christian McCaffrey was the carolina offense simple as that where as saquon is the new york offense josh jacobs he maybe doesn't have as much leverage because they can say, well, you know, we got Devontae Adams. We got some other pieces there, but he did lead the league in rushing yards. So that should account for something per se. Right. So I don't know what's going to happen. Um, <clears throat> is it fair? No, it's not fair, but that's life. It, it, <clears throat> I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, they, you know, I'm not going to talk about their money because those guys do what they do. They're professional athletes. Um do they deserve their money? They probably do deserve the money, but are they going to get the money? Probably not. Probably not. And, it, it, and if one guy does get it, it'll probably be Saquon because without him, their their offense is nothing. And I know people say, well, Daniel Jones got paid, but the quarterback position is just way different than the running back position. Quarterbacks get paid money all the time. Whether they're good, whether they're bad, it doesn't matter because you got to have a quarterback. You got to have someone out there. And quarterbacks... Just don't fall off the tree, right? We've seen that you can get a running back in the seventh round and be productive, okay? You know, um, 
and so we'll we'll have to wait and see. So let's let's get to some comments here because this this really triggered a lot of people here. Um, <clears throat> Dev says uh, running backs value is low. How uh, running backs value is low? We having a running back situation with J.K. Dobbs. Yeah, and uh, I mean I like J.K. But let's be real, like he's not a sixteen million kind of guy. He's probably a four to five million type of dude if he can stay healthy. <clears throat> And I know they guys just signed Melvin Gordon. Like they they pulled him off the top of the the scrap heap there. Uh, but Super Bowl winning Melvin Gordon, I, I might add, right? <laughs> okay. Richard Cole says Josh Jacobs finally decided to play football his contract year. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, I live here in Vegas, so I I, co- I'm, I'm, I will never cover the Raiders, but I somewhat follow them, right? He he really going into this season, there were a lot of questions about Josh Jacobs, and then he kind of had a a breaking out year. So I don't think he has as much leverage as he thinks he does. Just because you led the league one year in rushing doesn't mean anything. That's just one year. Okay. Saquon, Saquon kind of too, but don't, the only difference with Saquon is that he's literally their offense. <laughs> There's nobody else they can go to, right? You know, here in, 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 in Vegas, they got Devonte Adams that, you know, that, that guy's a stud. Okay. Uh, ben says, I believe the tight end position is now more important uh, than the running back position. You're seeing that the most offenses around the league from a financial standpoint, tight ends seem like they're a better investment than running backs right now. Uh, not saying I agree, but it is what it is. You know, I agree, man. It, 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 it is what it is. Tight ends were kind of seeing this type of situation too. A little different because they were being used more and not being paid, right? Running backs are being used, if not in more, and not getting paid still. <clears throat> you know, we had guys like Jimmy Graham who, you know, he caught so many balls. It was like, dude, are you a tight end or a receiver? How do we pay you, right? So I get what you're saying with that, <clears throat> Ben. 100% agree. Uh, he says, Barkley, I can see why the Giants were hesitant to give him more guaranteed money because of the injury history. This uh, dispute, being healthy all year in 2022, uh, Giants, I believe, still feel <clears throat> they need to see another healthy year. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I, I 100%. Because here's the thing, he was pretty much healthy last year, but the year before and the year before that, the guy has not played a lot of games either. So you got two sides that are like, I want the bag because I, I'm, you guys are using me a lot and I might get hurt again. And then you got the team where like, well, dude, you're getting hurt. Like, why am I going to spend money on you? So it, they're going to have to find that middle ground somewhere. And, and that's what the franchise tag is all about. And Richard Cole says Christian McCaffrey can do more than carry the ball his value is probably higher than in other running backs in the league. You know, then that's a fair statement because CMC, he did do a lot. Um, you know, he, he caught the ball. He ran the ball. You know, Saquon, it, it, he maybe doesn't – he's not quite of the receiver as Christian McCaffrey, but he is, he is very, very involved in that offense. So if anyone's going to get the money, I, I would assume it's going to be Saquon and not Josh Jacobs in this particular situation. Let's see here. Uh, and then Richard he says, I'm a Josh Jacob fan in this effort, but with the exception of last year, subpar at best. Yeah. He we're gonna see, we have to see more from him, but that's the problem with the running backs, is that they have a short shelf life. Case in point here, Ben says his Bucks had a similar situation with Doug Martin back in 2016, where he finally played well in a contract year, got his new deal, and then yeah, he crapped the bed, right? He did. And then we never saw him. I think he went to the Raiders, and then that was it. Yeah. So you and that's and that's a that's a problem. You pay the guys and you never see them again. Zeke got paid. You know what I'm saying? That's it. So 
I don't know. We'll have to wait and see what happens with that. But a very interesting situation for sure. For sure. For sure. For sure. All right. Last segment before we get up out of here, man. The AFC South, man. This is going to be an interesting division. It's the youngest division in football, per se. Um, And it's going to be brewing with heavy competition, especially with young quarterbacks. Now, obviously, Trevor Lawrence is the the king of kings um, of quarterbacks in that division. But, you know, you got the Tennessee Titans. They drafted C.J. Stroud. Houston Texans drafted C.J. Stroud. Titans drafted Will Levis. Um, so in Indianapolis Colts, Anthony Richardson. So it's a young plethora of talent at the quarterback position in that division, but we'll start. And again, it's no specific order. Um, he says it's a trash division. <laughs> you know, I don't think it's that much of, I don't think it's a trash division. I, no, I don't think it is. Uh, there's going to be some good talent coming out of that division. Mark my words, mark my words. Um, I don't think two teams will get it. Who knows? There might be. <clears throat> there might be. But we'll have to wait and see. All right. Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, listen, 9-8 record last year. The, uh, Trevor Lawrence just made tremendous amount of strides. They won a, a playoff game last year with their head coach, Doug Peterson. Um, and, and they look all the bit of a team that's up and coming, for sure. Uh, and, and the good thing for them is that They've added Calvin Ridley, another offensive talent, to go with the guys that they have there already. Um, so that's going to be excellent for them. Um, I mean, Calvin Ridley is we, – we forgot about this guy. The last time he played in the league, he caught over 90 balls and over uh, 1,300 yards. You know, so it, it'll be good to see – and nine touchdowns with, with Atlanta. So it's going to be good to see him. Um, and then, you know, you got Travis Etienne. They drafted a kid in the third round. I believe his name is Tank Bigsby. So you put those two together. That's going to be a nice little tandem in the backfield there. Um, and their defense has improved. Now, Shaquille Griffin is gone, um, but they still have fast and physical playmakers back there that I think I still think they're going to be uh, a force to be reckoned with. You know? So overall, listen, I think, you know, <clears throat> without really going into picking anyone, they're the class of this division, for sure. They got the best quarterback. They got the best coach, right? Now they got a stadium situation going on with them, and they play in England more than they do in Jacksonville. So that's kind of you know it's funny in itself. Um, but listen, they're going to be the kings of that division for quite some time right now, as we can see that right now. So uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, for sure, are up-and-coming team, not just in the division, but I think in the AFC, and, and you know, they, they lost to the Chiefs last year in the playoffs, and it wasn't a bad loss. You know, they went toe to toe with the eventual Super Bowl champs. So that has to say something, right? Now, if they can take that, learn from that experience, and move forward with it, you know, the the the, the future is definitely bright uh there in uh in Jacksonville. Okay, Tennessee Titans. Listen, we just talked about DeAndre Hopkins. And now we got to talk about the team itself. Now, they they missed the playoffs last year. Um, it was kind of a, a weird season for them. You know, a lot of injuries. Derrick Henry missed some time. Ryan, Ryan Tannehill was out for a while. They ended up playing guys like Josh Dobbs, who they pulled off the streets uh, to play against my Cowboys. And it was a Thursday night game. Like, it, it was just a, a crazy turn of events uh, for them last year. But the good thing is that, you know, hopefully guys are healthy now. Um, and they're ready to go, and signing guys like DeAndre Hopkins will help. Now, the good thing for them in their offense is that they'll still be able to run the ball. Now, they're still kind of one-dimensional, which is kind of what they've always been, right? Even in the A.J. Brown years, 
they were still pretty much one dimensional. But what AJ Brown was able to do was help take the top off the defenses uh, and have, especially with the run game and play action, they were looking really, really good. Uh, AJ Brown's gone. Derrick Henry's a little older now, uh, taking some more pounding there. But you bring in guys like a DeAndre Hopkins, that should only elevate your offense and not deteriorate your offense. So in that respect, uh, I think they'll be they'll be they'll be okay. Mike Vrabel is a very good coach. Okay, so they'll they'll be able to figure that out. Uh, defensively, look, the, they don't get after the quarterback. That's been a problem for them um, for quite some time. For quite some time, they don't get after the quarterback at all, uh, and they're and. And in that regard, too, they're they're out there longer than they got to be. So their defense is on. They can convert on third downs. So they're out there longer. Uh, and usually when you're out there for too long, good things do not happen. Uh, but so I, I like the general direction of this team and where they're going because they're not a they're not a, a very flashy team. They've never been that way under Mike Vrabel. They're going to beat you in the trenches. They're, they're going to try to beat you in the trenches. Uh, and they're going to beat you schematically and strategically. All right. That's how they were able to beat teams like the Ravens a couple of years ago in the playoffs when they went into Baltimore. Now, Baltimore didn't end up getting their revenge, what, the year, a couple of years there or the year after. Um, but they can compete with a lot of teams because they play a smart brand of football. And that goes to say a lot because sometimes it ain't always about talent, man. You know, and I get it. There's certain situations where, you know, it, it's about the bros and the Joes, but sometimes too. When everyone's good, it's about the X's and the O's. And I think they got that part pretty much sewn up there. Um, between Mike Vrabel and D Doug Peterson, I mean, Doug Peterson, I think, has the, he, he's got the Super Bowl, obviously. Mike Vrabel is not that bad of a coach. He's a really good coach, in my estimation. Um, so, But we'll see if they can ramp up, the, again, to recap with them, if they can ramp up their passing game again, and I know they, they bolstered their offensive line. I know they lost some guys, but drafting guys like Peter Skronsky to help with their offensive line. If they can keep their quarterback, whoever it is, if it's Tannehill or Will Levis, keep them upright and they can run the football the way they've been in the past, you know, they might they might turn some heads there. They might turn some heads there. All right. Hey, we got someone from Cedar Hill, Texas, man. Welcome. Hey, you know, I used to live out in, uh, not in Cedar Hill, but in Plano, Frisco area. So welcome, man. Welcome from Texas, David. First time in, man. Appreciate you. And thanks for commenting. Appreciate you. All right. Indianapolis Colts. Um, this is a fun team to watch. Like, I really like what they did in the draft. Um, they went and drafted some of the most athletic guys in the draft, which you, it got overlooked a little bit. But, you know, the NFL is an athletic type of league. Now, you got a rookie head coach, right? You got a, a rookie quarterback, right? Because let's just be real. Anthony Richardson is going to start. He's going to start. There's no mind. There's no. Why wouldn't why wouldn't he not start? I don't even know who else is there. Uh, I forgot the guy. He was in Jacksonville. Um, God, I forgot his name off the top of my head. I forgot his name. Um, I don't know why. I just drew a blank there. But anyway, um, th this team was poised to be one of the top teams last year. Now, obviously, injuries to their offensive line, their defense, and their, and their stud running back. Uh, and Jonathan Taylor, it really hampered them. And they ended up finishing what I believe like four and 12 or four, 12 and one or something like that. Um, and it was a forgetful season for sure. Fired your coach halfway through or not halfway more than what they fired their coach during the season. Jeff Saturday comes out of the, 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 the analyst booth, wins his first game against the Raiders. And then they just never, excuse me, they never won anything after that. So, but the biggest thing with the Colts is that they took a they took a chance on a quarterback that's either boom or bust. 
um, Gardner Minshew, that's the name of the guy I'm thinking about who's there in Indianapolis. Gardner Minshew, that just came to me. Um, but anyway, Anthony Richardson could be really, really good, or he can be really, really bad. I'm going to I'm gonna stay positive. I'm not going to be cynical because I can be somewhat cynical at times. What I like with what they did is that your, 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 your coach, your head coach now was offensive coordinator for the Eagles last year, and I keep bringing this up. That offensive, the offense for the Eagles was outstanding, right? You know the way they ran it, and you got an athletic quarterback just like Jalen Hurts in Indianapolis now with Anthony Richardson, and I would say Anthony Richardson is probably even more athletic than Jalen Hurts. And from what I understand, reports coming out of Indianapolis is that the kid is actually looking pretty good. He's throwing the ball better than what people expected him to do. So that's a plus. Now again. They're, they're, if the coaching can be good, they got the players. They got the talent. I'm not saying that they're going to maybe push the Jags, but one thing we know about this division, it's, it's, it's been either the Colts or the Titans, right? And now the Jags are the, the, the new kids on the block here. So, you know, what do I expect from them? Um, I think they're a work in progress. I don't think they're going to challenge for anything this season, for sure. Um, but their offense can be very potent if they can figure that thing out they're going to be very potent you know with the with that anthony richardson back there running like that quick that, that spread offense man it, it, they're going to be fun to watch I'll, i will say that i when if i see them on my sunday ticket i'm gonna be like yeah I'm, I'm, I'm gonna definitely tune in to watch that game because they overall their roster is not completely garbage it's a pretty good roster overall they just got to fine-tune some things and they got to stay healthy that's the biggest thing is health health for them is really going to be an issue uh for them and but again offensively they added some tremendous talent anthony richardson comes to mind again josh downs the receiver from north carolina and, and another guys on the defense who i think are going to be exceptional for them but again they're a work in progress um i don't expect a lot out of them because i think then they're, they're kind of one in a rebuild because you got a young quarterback and a, a rookie head coach um but i think they may they may turn some heads in a game or two uh this upcoming season and finally uh Houston Texans now they they had a really good draft too I think they went and got two cornerstone players early in that draft you drafted your quarterback of the franchise and CJ Stroud and you go ahead and get a a, a a terror on the edge outside linebacker Will Levis out of Alabama um you know some may say it cost them a lot but listen if you can get guys that are franchise type players you got to pay the cost, man. Like it is what it is. Sometimes, you know, you can't be cheap. Some people are like, you know what? Oh, that's too expensive. But Hey, if you want luxury, you're going to have to pay for it. And, and in this case they did, they gave up a lot in some, in, in regards to draft picks, but maybe, you know, they're going to turn the tide. Now they finished three thirteen and one last year. And a lot of those games, they were pretty competitive. And I will say that and I know three thirteen and one, it, you are what you are. You are what your record is. And they lost those games for sure, but they were pretty competitive. Um, I kind of like the direction in which they were going. I think they got guys like young guys like Derek Stingley, who's a cornerback there, who's going to probably have a breakout year. Mark my words, look out, look out for him. Um, you got a new head coach coming in there and D'Amico Ryan. So, you know, that that defense is going to be good. Right. Um, so, you know, their roster, it, it's, it's, it's a young talent of roster. Excuse me. It's a young, talented, unproven roster. Now, they're going to have a lot of bumps and bruises because you got a lot of young players, per se, and usually that doesn't work well in the National Football League. Uh, but if their defense can keep them in the game 
and CJ Stroud can avoid making as many rookie mistakes as possible. Again, they're like the Colts, not saying they're going to challenge for anything, but they're going to be another exciting young team you want to watch. You know, you think about the, you know, the guys that they drafted, Tank Dell, who I love coming out of Houston. You know, he's going to be mostly probably like a special team or a gimmicky player. Uh, what was the name of the kid that they drafted from uh, from Alabama? He had leukemia. I forgot his name off the top. Of my head. I'm, I'm forgetting these people's names, um, but we people forgot about him, right? Uh, the wide receiver. Um, so we don't know what to expect from the Tennessee, excuse me, from the Houston Texans. We really don't. Uh, so I think they'll probably be on the lower end again, probably with the Arizona Cardinals is one of the worst teams, unfortunately. But I think they got they got something going there. They definitely got something brewing, brewing there. Um, someone someone remind me, what's the name of that kid who had leukemia? Uh, he was a wide receiver. I, it's right at the top of my head. I, I can't remember his name. Um, I'm be remiss because I want to give him I want to give him his shout out because I thought if he didn't have leukemia, he would have had a breakout season. And I think he will have a breakout season. Um, yeah, Mitchie, Jonathan Mitchie. Thank you. Yeah. Um, who knows? It's almost like he's a, a draft pick. Uh, you know, we don't know anything about the kid, right? Last time we saw him in college, he was balling. And then, you know, unfortunately he had leukemia, so I'm glad he'll be back. So, the, you know, they're in the same boat with the Colts because they're young, they're talented, they're going to be fun to watch. But to me, you know, the the the, the more grown adult teams are the Tennessee Titans, the, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, those are the two teams that are going to be competing uh, for this particular division. So, yeah, but that's the AFC South, man. And so next week we'll probably do the AFC North. I'll get my guy, uh, Dev, from the At The Bank. He's a, a Baltimore Ravens podcast. I'll have to work out his schedule with him. Um, but, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll 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 get that going next week. So, But, yeah, a AFC South, man, I, you know, that's going to be – there are probably not a lot of wins coming out of that division because <laughs> the other teams. But, honestly, man, I, I really think it's going to be a, a fun division because of the young talent, you know, so – but anyway, man, hey, I appreciate it. Everyone in the comment section, man. Um, you know what? Actually, you know, let, let, let me actually before I before I do close, I'm sorry. Let me let's go to some of the comments because there was a couple of things that were being said in there before I get out of here. Um, let's see here. Richard Cole says Jacksonville Jaguars Duval will win the division with Houston pushing hard. Oh, he's think he thinks Houston is gonna push hard. Okay, that's interesting. All right, hot take there. Uh, Ben says his predictions are Jags number one, Titans two, Texans three. Whoa, wait, hold on. Did I read that right? Jags one, Titans two, Texans three, and maybe the Colts. Maybe he meant to say the Colts four. Okay. Um, is that what he, is that what he meant to say? No. Yeah. I, Cause you can't. Yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty sure that's what he probably meant to say. All right. Um, <clears throat> Dev thinks, yeah, I see the Jags taking the division, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he came back and said Colts. Yep. Uh, Tennessee was 7-3 and three midway through the season. They lost seven straight to conclude the 2022 season injuries and quarterback. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, the, I mean, the, the times are not far off. I think we, we, we remembered how they finished the season. And so – that's what we last saw. So we're like, oh, well, they they stink. But they're really not that bad of a team, to be honest with you, man. Uh, Jacksonville uh, is not up and coming. They have arrived. Their record last year was very uh, deceiving. Um, I wouldn't say they have arrived because they haven't won anything, per se. Right? If they went and they had won, 
like 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 the Bengals a couple years. Like they came and they won the AFC count the the, the championship game. That's that's arriving. Like winning the AFC South, that to me is not arriving. I think they're still up and coming. Trevor Lawrence is gonna have to go out and beat some really good quarterbacks, right? For me to say, you know what, they're here. Um, but they're they're right there, they're on the precipice uh, of being there, but I don't want to say they have completely arrived there per se. Um <clears throat> But I, I I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. Uh, he says Jacksonville is very scrappy, uh, and they were in almost every game uh, they lost. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, they, they were in a lot of games. Um, and sometimes you win those games. We, you know, you're instead of 9 and 8, you're, you know, 11 and 5 or 11 and 7, whatever that breaks down to. Okay. Um, Indy will be rebuilding this year. Um, I don't expect much from them, but maybe some good highlights. Yeah, I, I, that, that's fair. That's fair to say. But you never know. You never know. Uh, I'm very happy with the Richardson pick. Me too. I, I really like Anthony Richardson, man. I really think he's going to be all right, if, especially if they, they they coach him up right and they they tailor the offense to him. Now, listen, not everyone's going to be Patrick Mahomes, man. You got to get out of that notion. People just think you draft a quarterback, they got to be Patrick Mahomes. Not everyone's that guy, man. He That guy is on another planet when it comes to uh, talent there. Okay. David Byrne says uh Texans got a new head coach. Yep. D'Amico Ryan's is the new head coach there. Um yep. And uh last one we'll say a great show. My guy can't wait to come on. Yeah, we got to get you on talk about the AFC North um and get your thoughts on like realistic thoughts uh um on, on that division. And I and I and I'm saying it and I'm smiling um because you know my stance on the Baltimore Ravens. So we'll see. Um but yeah. That's all I got today, man. Hey, I appreciate everyone, man, for the new joiners, everyone in the comment section. Thanks for watching, man. Make sure you like, share, and stay tuned for more NFL content, man. It's gonna be, it's gonna be great, man. So, uh, and then we'll see you back here live next week, Sunday, same time, same place. Appreciate you guys. It's always a blessing to be here on Sunday. I can't believe it. We are less than fifty days away from the NFL season. I'm so juiced. I can't wait to for the season to start. So, well. But I got to I got to temper uh, those emotions and keep you guys with me there. So, all right, that's all I got. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday, man. We'll see you guys back here next week. Make sure you check out my social media platforms. I'm going to be dropping some more PFF top 50 best players entering the 2023 season. You don't want to miss out until next time. This is Clutch Sports Talk NFL Sunday. Wake up with me, Ryan Flowers. Like I always say, never settle till the work is done. We'll see you guys later. Peace out.